You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our tradition, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbox at letstalktorah.gmail.com. And, of course, I will answer as many as I can. I missed you guys last week. I couldn't be here. I had to take my son to his driving test. He was so excited. And, I don't know, you go, you pay these guys to practice teaching you how to park. They don't really teach you how to park. They teach you how to slide in between two cones. If there's actually cars there and you have to park, I have no idea. But he passed. He's happy. He, he, he's really going to drive. He's in school all day. And he already told his mother he doesn't want a car to come home at night when it's cold. So he passed. He's happy. The insurance company is very happy because my rates skyrocketed. And everybody's happy. So I'm also happy. We're all happy. Life is good. Before we get rolling, of course, so my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show, and I do need some help. To help the show spread, I need you to go to my homepage, hit that donate button, you can leave your name, give you a shout out, memory of, happy birthday, and of course, in advance, I do thank you. Okay, so let's get back into it. We're just going to dive right in. So Moses has a very famous father-in-law. In Hebrew, his name is Yisro. In English, his name is Jethro, and Jethro was the high priest of Midian, and the Torah tells us this over and over again, and he has a Torah portion named after him. Only a few people um, get a Torah portion named after them. We got Noah. He's a righteous guy. We got Yisro or Jethro. We got Pinchas. Right, that's Aaron's grandson. And as far as wicked people, somehow we have a Torah portion named Bullock. And Bullock is after a rotten guy. Um, but we're in Jethro and Yisro. And there's really a lot to learn from him. Very little is really in the Torah about him. As we, we bumped into him when Moses gets uh, married, is, goes to Midian, running away from Egypt. And we have now. And there'll be one other place in the Torah with a paragraph. So he gets one chapter and the Torah portion. So first of all, let's, let's, let's set the stage. What's going on over here? And then we'll get into the, into the details. The Jewish people have left Egypt. They have gone through the Red Sea. They have gotten the manna from heaven. They've gotten their water supply, that well, the bear Miriam, that stone that will follow them. They've tested God a couple times and failed. And now we arrive at Mount Sinai. And we're going to keep it that way. It's debatable if Jethro comes 
before they get the Torah, after they get the Torah, but we're just going to keep it simple. Um, the Jethro shows up before the Torah is given. So the Jewish people have arrived at Mount Sinai, and now, all of a sudden, Jethro shows up. Now, he also he sends a letter, and as he can't, they, we're surrounded by those special clouds, right? Those clouds of glory, the Ananiah covered. We're surrounded by clouds. You can't just walk in. You can't even, there's no door. It's not like you can knock and someone opens up like there's a guard or something. Right? You can't just knock on the door. Um, someone's got to get you, no matter how great you may be. Because with Jethro, with Yisro, is Moses' wife, Tzipporah, and Moses' two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. And the Torah portion tells us Jethro shows up, Yisro shows up, and he sends a message to Moshe, to Moses. He says, I'm here with your wife, with your kids. Come bring us in. How do you get the message in? So this is debatable. He sent a letter, right? No phones, no cell phones. Of course, I always joke with my class. Um, of course they had cell phones because there were no wires for the regular telephones they must have had cell phones and again you know it's it's fun it's they they sort of believe they don't believe they don't know it's hard for them to even imagine a a time in history where you couldn't communicate with a telephone and why not a cell phone like everybody has cell phones like wh why not almost kids have them already some children do Right, and younger and younger, the children are getting cell phones. So, so for a child to to imagine that Jethro couldn't pick up the phone and call Moses, like why not? But in any case, whether he shot an arrow with a message and the and it was delivered, whether he handed an envelope to the clouds, whatever he did, Moses gets the message. Oh, my father-in-law is here. Let me go greet my father-in-law now. Before we get there. Um, and I think we've talked about it, but just to quickly make sure it's clear, if we remember the story, when Moses leaves Midian to make his way down to Egypt, so because God sent him, and he'll meet with Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh he's got to release uh, the Jewish people and free the Jewish people, and that leads to the ten plagues. When he left, he had his wife and children with him. What happened? Where? How all of a sudden? does uh, Moses' wife and children end up back in Midian? And even more than that, Moses gets to the inn right outside of Egypt, and, and he delays in circumcising his son, and the angel comes, almost kills him. Right? The angel's ready to kill him. Gatesipo uh, realizes, uh, and she circumcises or begins the circumcision of her son. So what happened? So what happens is Moses meets Aaron. Aaron is told to go out and greet Moses. And uh, Moses says, oh, my brother, we haven't seen you in so long. Let me introduce. This is my wife, Zipporah. This is my son, Gershom. This is my son, Eliezer. And Aaron says, very nice. Nice family. Um, and where exactly are you taking them? What do you mean? I'm on my way to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to release the Jewish people, and I'm bringing my family with so Aaron tells Moses, we are suffering with everybody in Egypt. We don't know how long these ten plagues and leaving Egypt and what the process will be. 
So everybody in, is, in Egypt is suffering. Let's not bring more people to suffer. So Moses has, tells them, turn around, head back home. But he does tell them that you're going to know when we leave Egypt. The whole world, because the splitting of the Red Sea, everyone's going to find out. So the world is going to know about the splitting of the Red Sea. Once you hear that we got through the Red Sea, you should make your way towards Mount Sinai. I guess they had maps, they knew where to go, even without ways. Last night, my son um, wants to go to the library. So um, he says, okay, can you tell me how to get there? And I start giving directions. And my wife says, don't bother directions. Let him just do ways. Forget directions. I said, he, 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 he can learn how to drive to the library. It's not that complicated. And my son was comfortable getting to the library. He wasn't sure he could get home. Like, whoa. Like, when I was younger, I would get maps, and I would study the maps, and then I would experiment, drive the roads, drive here, drive left, drive right, check out this way, check out that way. And now, and now you, you, can't, you can't go to the library without ways. Like, whoa. You know, now I'm way off track. Many years ago, I, I went with my kids to a safari in Hamilton, Canada, in Ontario, whatever. And they didn't have ways in those days, but we had a GPS. But I do like when I'm driving, look around. And I even had the hotel print me out directions. And we, we go to the safari, had a great time. And when we pull out of the safari parking lot, which is in the middle of nowhere, because it's a safari, um, the GPS couldn't pick up a signal. So now what? You can't go home? You can't go back to your hotel because you don't have GPS? So I drove, and I, and I was, oh, yeah, there was the tractor, and there was this house. And a few times I went a little too far, turned around, went back. The GPS didn't click in until I was across the street from the hotel. So, you know, you're allowed to learn where you're going. In any case, Moses just has to tell his wife and children that when we leave Egypt, you guys head towards Mount Sinai and you will find us. And that's what they did, even without the GPS. Amazing. In any case, Moses now gets the message that his wife, children, and father-in-law are outside. So, of course, he immediately gets up and he goes to get his father-in-law. Now, he's always hanging out with his brother Aaron. They're the leaders. And with them, sort of, I don't want to say second in command, but his Aaron's two sons, Nadav and Aviyu. So Moses going somewhere, Aaron is following, Nadav and Aviyu are following. Huh. If you're from the 70 elders, if Moses, Aaron, Nadav and Aviyu are going somewhere, you got to find out what's going on. Okay, no problem. So now the 70 elders are on the way out. Well, if you are a regular person and you see... Oh, all the big rabbis are, ha are, 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 are going somewhere, right? Don't you want to know where they're going? So the whole nation ends up like everybody. Oh, where are they going? I don't know. I don't know. Let's figure it out. The, everybody. So Jethro, Yisro, gets the greatest honor that you could imagine. Millions of people come out of the clouds to greet him. You couldn't have a better honor than that. Then it says Moses brings Jethro into his tent and he tells Jethro all the things that happened. And that gets us to the first thing I wanted to talk about Jethro. 
So if you hang around people like myself, you will find in their language that they will constantly be thanking God. A friend of mine, you know, created a phrase, thank you, Hashem, or like, thank you, God. And in school and with my children and family, we, we just use the phrase, Baruch Hashem, which is a way of saying thank you, Hashem. It's a way of recognizing that everything that happens is because of God and really good or bad, but certainly all the good, we're very busy constantly thanking God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Oh, so so beautiful. Thank you, Hashem, Baruch Hashem. So who was the first one in history to say the words Baruch Hashem? It happens to be it's Yisro. As after Moses explains to Jethro how the Jewish people were slaves, and Moses goes down, and the ten plagues, and they get to the Red Sea, and God splits the sea, and the Jewish people walk through. After Jethro hears the whole story, and the Egyptian army is destroyed after the splitting of the Red Sea, Jethro says, Baruch Hashem. Gratitude, which we talk a lot about on this show. Gratitude, a person has to have the ability to show gratitude. So Jethro, right away, Baruch Hashem, blessed is God that saved you from Egypt and from Pharaoh. I recently read a story. There was a a great rabbi passed away about five years ago. His name was Rabbi Yashif, and he was the leading Torah scholar of law. And he lived in Israel. His name was Rabbi Yashiv. And he had some heart issues, so they had some specialists from the Cleveland Clinic go to Israel to take care of him. They took care of him more than once. So Rabbi Yashiv asked one of his attendants, how do you say thank you in English? He wanted to thank the doctor. To my knowledge, the doctor was not Jewish. And he practiced, because TH, by the way, is not a Hebrew sound. The 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 sound, like the, right, is not in the Hebrew alphabet. The same way ch is not in the English alphabet, and ts is not much not too common in the in the English alphabet either. The TH, the th sound, is not a Hebrew sound. So if you tell somebody to say thank you, that's a little bit of a hard pronunciation. So Rabbi Yashem asked one of his attendants, can you tell me how you say thank you in English? And he practiced it again, again, again. So finally, um, when he was comfortable and the doctor came in, he said, thank you, doctor. Why, why bother? Just tell your attendant, the rabbi says, thank you very much. And I think we can, we can understand really even without me giving you the answer. Right? But let's think about it. If somebody sends a message, uh, this person thanks you very much. Okay, there's not much value. But if I get a phone call from the person to personally thank me for whatever it was I did for him, that has value. There's an inner gratitude that can only be communicated through direct conversation. So therefore, Jethro 
is on his own. He is the one that creates the idea. He says, Baruch Hashem. We thank Hashem for everything that takes place. And Jethro, by the way, understood exactly what happened to the Jewish people better than anybody. Why? Because who was Jethro? I told you already he was the high priest of Midian. But he had a different job before that. What was his job before that? Before that, he was actually an advisor to Pharaoh with some very famous historical people. Bilaam, some say Job, were three great advisors to Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh says, how can we destroy the Jewish people? And God can't get us back. So in their discussion, they said, well, we all know that God claims that he only punishes measure for measure. In other words, the punishment has to fit the crime. Right? In other words, if you look at how we do things, right? somebody's a murderer, a bank robber, sells drugs, a sex trafficker, we put him in jail. Okay, this one 15 years, this one 20 years, maybe a harder jail, maybe a, a nicer jail. But we all put him in jail. 10 years, 15 years, 20 years for life. If you think about it, it's true we're punishing the criminal, but most of the time we're just trying to get the garbage off the street. As the guy's a murderer, so what exactly does putting him in jail have to do with murder? Now, if you don't believe in the death penalty, so now you have a problem, because what are you supposed to do? So we put him in jail because this guy can't be in the street. He's dangerous. Just like the guy who sells drugs is dangerous. Just like the sex trafficker is dangerous. But are we really finding a crime, a punishment that fits the crime? Of course not. We're not capable of that. And we probably shouldn't be trying to do it. It's a big crime. We just put you away for life because you don't deserve to be with people. But no one would ever say, I don't think, that the punishment fits the crime. I don't think anybody ever says that. But God says, when I punish, it's an exact punishment. Okay? So Pharaoh says, or the advisor, I I can't tell you who in the conversation came up with the idea, but they said, let's drown the babies. Let's drown them. Why? Because God promised Noah that he's not going to bring a flood to the world. So how is God going to punish us? If we drown the babies, we should be drowned. God can't drown us because he won't bring a flood. Now, that in itself was really a mistake. Because God said he's not bringing a flood to the whole world. He never said he's not flooding a country. But God went ahead and said, we're going to play by your rules. I will not flood Egypt. And I can still punish measure for measure. How? Because he gets the entire Egyptian army on their own volition to go right into the into the Yamsuf, into the sea, into the Red Sea. They went in. Okay, here comes the water. I didn't flood anybody. You walked into the water on your own. You walked the water on your own. Now you drown. Now I punish you for killing all those babies, throwing them into the water. Some say the babies weren't killed, but as far as the Egyptians were concerned, they killed the babies. God does a miracle and keeps them alive. But at the end of the day, the Egyptians are responsible for killing the babies. So they were punished measure for measure. So that Jethro said that 
Now I see that God is greater than all the other, all the other Avaidazaras, all the other idols, all the other gods, because he has the patience and the wherewithal and the ability to punish measure for measure. Okay. Another interesting point in this verse. So it says Jethro was happy for what Moses did to the, for God did, I'm sorry, to the Egyptians. But the Torah uses a very interesting word. The Torah uses the word vayichad, which is translated as he was happy. But Rashi comments, the word vayichad is from the word chidudin. Chidudin means bumps, like goosebumps. That even though Yisra was happy for what happened and how God saved the Jewish people and how the Egyptians got their, got their punishment, their measure for measure. But Yisra at the same time, was a little sad. He got goosebumps. Why? Because he was a convert. And Jethro actually was an Egyptian. So the commentaries explain, the Talmud explains, that even for 10 generations, you don't, a convert, the guy wanted to join the Jewish people. He obviously wants nothing to do with the culture that he came from. That's why he wanted to be Jewish. So you might think you could make fun of where the guy came from. So the Torah says you can never make fun of the nation that a convert came from, even, even if he's been converted 10 generations ago. Because there's what to, to be said about where a person comes from. There's what to be said about family. You are related, you're not related, irrelevant. You have to be careful how you speak to a person and not to hurt the person or make fun of where he came from because there's still good feelings. Even though he knows that he's Jewish and they're not. Doesn't matter. So therefore, that, and you see that. In other words, the fact that the Torah has to use such a verse, such a word to describe Jethro's feelings, those mixed feelings, right? That's what we say. He had real mixed feelings. And therefore, we have to be careful not to make fun of where a convert came from. So it says, interesting enough, so it says, the Torah portion starts out, Vayishma Yisro, that Jethro heard. It doesn't say what he heard. It just says he heard that God's taking care of the Jewish people and took them out of Egypt. So the commentaries ask, what did he hear? Rashi says, what did he hear? He heard the splitting of the Red Sea. And he heard the war with Amalek. It's very interesting. Like, I understand you hear the great miracle that God split the Red Sea. That's like, whoa, that is an amazing miracle. So you want to come join the Jewish people. But Amalek, the nation Amalek starts up with the Jewish people and they were killed for the most part. Not all, but for the most part. So why... Why uh, Why are you mentioning that? Why is that a reason that you would show up? So the answer is, and there's really a good story to explain it. There was a Russian soldier, and I'm sure it has nothing to do with the modern Russian army, but the old Russian army, um, Mother Russia was everything. So land was more important than soldiers. So if you were a Russian soldier and you were on the front lines, you did not retreat. You better be dead before you retreat because the land is more important than soldiers. So uh, there was a Jewish soldier, and he knew this. So he says, God, 
you know, I know I was studying in school and I was going to be a good Talmudic scholar. Um, if you send me a sign to save me, I will go right back to my Talmudic studies. And all of a sudden, a shot rings out and his trigger finger is hit by a bullet and he faints and they, they bring him to the hospital. I guess if you go to the hospital, they'll take you off the front lines. And a few days later, they, you know, they discharge him. His finger, his bullet finger, his shooting finger um, is paralyzed. If you can't shoot a gun or a rifle, you're not worth very much. So he says to himself, I know I promised God that I would uh, go back to my Talmudic studies, but I have three months left to college. Let me finish up my college. Then I'll go. And the end was because he didn't act when the fire was burning. He never went back. And that's the same answer here. Jethro says, I better get going because even Amalek was able to start up after the split of the Red Sea. Anyways, the music is playing. I hope you guys enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you for the wonderful sponsor, Lisa. I can't do it without you. Thank you for the wonderful production team, David. I have him in the back. I will listen to Food for Thought. Until next time, I'm Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house.